You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Here are your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Hello and welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. Today's show is all about Moab, Utah. Moab is so such a great place. You've seen these amazing red arches, but I'm really excited about today's show because I don't normally think of myself as a outdoor girl. I don't think of you that way either. <laughs> he, you mentioned did it. you notice the pause there? He wasn't even sure how to respond to that because <laughs> I, I, I think this is why I'm excited about today's show. It's because we just got back from Moab. We've been doing this great interviews all week down there. We had such a great time, and I just feel like my inner outdoor girl is starting to bloom. Your your inner outer? Yes, my inner outer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and we'll be talking today. It's so easy to do the outdoors down there. You don't have to get a big backpack or a bunch of equipment. You don't have to to hike 20 miles. You don't have to be a pro. There are hikes in these beautiful national parks we're going to be talking about that are a mile to see just amazing things. We're also going to be talking with some outdoor outfitters who they will get all the equipment for you. You decide what you want to do and they'll take you there. We have got a full, full show for you today. We're first going to start with Discover Moab. They know everything about Moab, where to eat, where to shop, where to sleep, what activities to do, list of outfitters. They know everything. We're going to talk with them. We're also going to be talking with Moab Cliffs and Canyons, an outfitter right in Moab that can take you to all the best slot canyons or rock climbing or or a variety of activities you might want to try. I'm so excited to talk to them. He had an experience with James Franco. A brush with greatness. Yes which I'm going to take vicariously. <laughs> I love him. We also are going to talk to Redcliffe's Lodge, which is this great property, very unique property. There's some properties downtown. This happens to be a property a little bit outside of town. But the gentleman, Colin Fryer, who owns this property, actually owns some other properties in town, is really an integral part of starting some of the tourism there in Moab, making it really big. But before we can do any of that, we first have to get to... Hot Topics in Travel. You are listening to Travel Brigade. You can check out our website, TravelBrigade.com. Follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade or like us on Facebook. We'll be right back. What's hot? What's not? What's trending? Next up, this week's picks for travel news and hot topics in travel. Welcome back to Travel Brigade. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host Jeff Griffin talking about the lovely Red Rocked Moab. It's a beautiful place and we've got so much to tell you about it. But first, we want to catch you up with hot topics in travel. I love hot topics. I have no idea what Jeff brings to the table, so I, I never know if it's going to make me happy, sad, a little angry, argumentative. Never know. What do we have today? Something that might make you feel reflective. Reflective. Now, up until 2008, everybody ran up their credit cards and ran up a lot of debt. Traveling? Well, (laughs) in your case, yes. And then... then The credit card companies love me. The Great Recession hit, and a lot of retailers started introducing layaway, Mm -hmm. which was Old concept, yeah, the coming back. It's sort of like something your grandparents did during the Depression. Right, right. I'm going to go pay my quarter on that. Okay. So why do you think I would be bringing up the topic of layaway on a travel-themed show? I, well, I mean, obviously it has something to do with travel, but I don't know. You can now schedule your vacation and pay for it on layaway. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, that's actually fun. Like any vacation? Um, it kind of depends. There's There's different options. And this is actually something that's been there kind of all along, but it's getting more attention now. Mm-hmm. There are places like Gate One Travel where you can put a down payment down and then gradually pay for it. That's actually, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just I, I just was thinking it reminds me of how you pay for a cruise. Kind like of. that's one of the reasons that's one of the reasons that cruising has always sort of appealed for me because you book them a lot of times almost a year out and then you're putting money down and then you have it paid for before you go. And another place that's really getting into it is Say, but now you can. Now you can do that in a lot of different settings. For example, Sears opened their own travel division. Sears. Being a retailer, they're used to layaway, and so they've got their own layaway in their travel division. Hmm. British Airways and Delta are also offering things. Oh, really? For flights? 
Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different than regular layaway, like going to a retailer and buying, I don't know, a chair or something where you put a little bit down and then you're expected to pay mm-hmm. every so often until you gradually get it paid off. This is more you put some money down and then you have to pay the whole thing off by a certain date, usually about a month before the trip. Huh. So it's a little... So you can't... I mean, like with an airline, you couldn't really cancel. You can, Like if you book a flight, you can't cancel your flight, can you? Or? Right. This is This is kind of the difference between if you do something and just do it with a credit card and cancel it. This is, once you put that money down, you can't get it back, which is bad in a way in that you could, you know, end up losing that money, or good in a way in that you say, oh, I've already put $200 down. I've got to go on this trip. No, that's one of the reasons I love booking trips, because I know once we book it, we're going to go. But if we sit there and talk about it forever, we we just, it does it doesn't fit in, or we run, you know, I I like booking it and having it. That's That's a really good idea. It could be the impetus. Boy, that's a big word. To get around to doing <laughs> that law a, degree is doing him well. <laughs> to get around to doing a trip you've always wanted to do but haven't had the the chance to, or just can't seem to get around to it, or maybe you've got a big family thing coming up. Want to make sure that you're really going to go do it. Hmm. On the other hand, you know, be careful. Don't sit there and say, "Oh, I'm going to put a thousand dollars down and I'm going to go to China in six months." And when you really don't have that kind of money, it's like any other. You can always find money to travel. <laughs> Don't don't ever ask me. Live on pancakes. You can find money to travel. That's what I'm going to say. That's a good story. You know, I think between this and some other stories we've done recently, people are actually kind of looking at travel differently between that and we talked about the checking in, checking out, hotel time. That's progressive. We're moving along here. Well, I think people are looking for all sorts of options. They want to travel. It's out there. And they're looking for options beyond the traditional ways that it's been done. Exactly. Good job. One vacation we did not lay away on or lay down on while we were there (laughs) was getting down to Moab. No, it was great. Fun, fun, fun. So coming up, we've got Marion DeLay, who's with Discover Moab. And as the name implies, she's going to help us do just that. Discover Moab. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or check out our website, TravelBrigade.com. We will be right back. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. Looking at these beautiful arches, that's all we've been doing the last few weeks. Yeah, it's incredible here in Moab. And one thing I've noticed is every time we turn around, we discover something new. That's true. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> oh, wait, they have these great canyons. Oh, wait, they have river trips. Oh, wait, they've got all these cool rock formations. One thing I discovered is that you don't have to be an expert to be in Moab, to be an outdoor adventurist. You don't have to be an expert. Oh, yeah, tons of great guides around and a lot of good resources to help you know where to go, what to do. Here to help us today is Marion DeLay from Discover Moab. Welcome, Marion. Hi, Marion. Hi, thank you. Moab has been around the corner. We have kind of, you know, hear different things about it, see these gorgeous pictures. Uh, We're going to be showing some of these during the show to people that are listening. But tell us a little bit about what makes Moab such a special place and such a draw for visitors. Well, you know, I think mostly it is the two national parks that we have. We Uh have Arches and Canyonlands National Park right here at our doorstep. We also have one of the state's premier state parks as well. So I think the parks and the canyons and the mesas and the valleys and the you know the arches and everything else that goes along with that with this beautiful scenery and the eye candy i think that's probably the first biggest draw i love eye candy i think you're right i mean when i pulled into arches the first time i couldn't believe it i was just like here you are literally a mile or two outside of town you turn one corner go up a hill and it's like you're mesmerized absolutely absolutely. (laughs) right and we tout ourselves as red rock country and when you first come into moab you probably notice this as well every time you come in I do when I come home, but when you first come into Moab, that first canyon, you drop down into it, and it opens up into this amazing red rock canyon I know. on both sides of you with arches to the left. So it's just an, it's an incredible place that way. It's really exciting and inviting. Tell us a little bit about some of the highlights in each of the parks. I mean, I know it's a huge park, and we could go on for hours and hours, but a couple of the well-known places to go in each one of those parks. 
Well, I think probably if we start with arches, um, delicate arch is probably the number one because we see it as an icon throughout the state as well. Right. So I think delicate arch is number one. It's a three-mile round-trip type hike, uh-huh. which is easily doable by most anybody. So um, just as so long as they provide enough water. And I was going to say, the <laughs> second time we went, we actually went with our kids, and one of them just wasn't able to do the three miles. So we did the observation area, which was cool just as well. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, because uh, there's two other vantage points to be able to see that. So it's. I think that that's probably the number one there. And you just mentioned something interesting because with kids, I think probably in Arches National Park, one of the best-kept secrets in there is Sand Dune Arch. And oh. Sand Dune Arch is that families just absolutely love it. It's kind of you pull off the highway, park in their parking spot, take a very short hike into the middle of some fins out at the park oh, and there's wow. an arch that exists out there and the whole base of the arch on a on a hill slope is all like beach sand. Oh wow. Really, really super deep and the kids just absolutely love it. So I think that's one of the treasures out there at the park, particularly for families. So arches and then of course the window section is really a really nice section out at the park because you can get out, you feel like you're like a part of it immediately and totally immersed in what that park is all about. Well, I think it's important to point out, too, a lot of these that we're talking about, you can get to Double Arch in like a half a mile hike. You can walk down Park Avenue, which is two huge cliffs on either side of you, and it's just a mile. There's You don't have to be an outdoor expert with harnesses and <laughs> ropes to, to, just, to just get out there and enjoy these things. Right, right. No, I think that they're very, I think they're very, um, we say that we can cater anywhere from 2 to 92 years of age <laughs> and, and that this is where adventure begins and you define that adventure. So, I mean, you're right. There are so many places in there that are so easily accessible. And, and even, so you know, to going feel. to, moving to Canyonlands, you know, the Mesa Arch, you can't really tell from, you know, when you pull off to do it, but that's a really great hike. It's simple, really close and what a view. Right. And that was one of the ones that I would have suggested. That is by far my favorite in that park at that location is Mesa Arch. And it's a very simple one to do, very close. Very popular with the photographers. You have to fight them off early in the morning. (laughs) Yep, that's true. You do. You do. But, you know, there's some really nice, like Grandview Point out at um, Canyonlands National Park. If you're at Island in the Sky District, Grandview Point is another one that is absolutely amazing. And there's a really nice hike along the rim there that is accessible and um, I just think that that's probably one of the other really nice places. However, there are numerous places you can go in Canyonlands where there are hikes down in and there are different vantage points that way. So that's kind of a little bit different than just being in your car, being out there and taking in the viewpoints, but there are and there are a number of those available as well. I love how Canyonlands is so aptly named and Island in the Sky is such yeah. a perfect name because <laughs> you are just overlooking these beautiful canyons and you do kind of feel like you're standing on an island in the sky. Canyonlands is broken into three districts. The Island in the Sky district is a district that's most easily accessible from Moab. The other two districts themselves, the Maze and the Needles, look exactly like what their titles are as well. So the Island in the Sky being up in the middle of this whole entire park, when you look at the whole park as as a big piece, it does look exactly like that, and you are spot on. (laughs) Moab is synonymous with Outdoor Rec. Tell us what are the most popular things that people either, one, go down to do, or two, want to try when they get to Moab? Well, the list is really relatively kind of long, so it's kind of, I'm really happy <laughs> to do it. We could devote hours, I know, I know. Anything that ends, anything that <laughs> well, ends in I-N-G, you can do it. Yeah, exactly. Hiking, climbing. <laughs> exactly. Hiking, biking. No, um, hiking, is, hiking is extremely popular because there is such an array of it, and the trails are are really geared for, I mean, there's, there's this really easy super easy trail and then there's the mountain goat type trail so i mean it ranges from everything so hiking is really popular um rafting however rafting kayaking canoeing jet boating anything on the water like that is really popular too because we're the only city in utah that sits on the colorado river and that our colorado river has sections of nice rapids and then it has calm water sections as well so we've got stand up paddle boarding we've got rafting kayaking canoeing all that
that sort of thing. So water sports are, are extremely popular as well. And those run from April all the way through the end of October. Yeah, generally. it's a very long season. I mean, yeah, it's a good, it's a nice long season. But four-wheeling, again, is another one. Mountain biking is extremely popular. And over the course of the last two years, I think we've added about 40 miles of new single-track trail. Wow. I mean, the last one, one just a quick name like Captain Ahab. How awesome is the name? <laughs> and, the trail, and the trail is just as exciting. Moab was really kind of the place that put mountain biking on the map, was it not? It, yeah. Or vice versa? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, it's, Moab is the Mecca. In, in the U.S., Moab is the Mecca for mountain biking, and we are, everybody aspires to be the Moab when they start looking at their mountain bike trails and that sort of thing. so One thing I really enjoy about when we're there is you've got all this great stuff there. You could just throw up a few hotels and restaurants and call it good, and people would come anyway. But Moab <laughs> has this wonderful, fun town feel about it. It's, it's hard to describe unless you go there, but people are just kind of laid back and fun, and the whole town gives off that vibe that it's just welcoming, and it's a great place to go hang out after you've been out doing whatever you're doing all day. You can just come back to town and, and hang out. Yeah, I mean, we always laugh, last few times we've been there, is how many cars can park at the Moab Diner? Because... <laughs> It is a busy place. <laughs> but, you know, that is such a really nice compliment to hear, too, from people that are coming from outside to visit us because we always feel that way, and it's really nice to hear that and to just be reassured that what we believe about our little community is exactly what the visitor is. The gospel is spreading, well. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about Moab is a year-round destination, obviously a very high season for water sports and, and other other things. But tell us, you know, there's some big events that happen year-round in Moab. Tell us some of those so people can plan their trips around some of these activities. Well, I mean, annually we have a whole list of um, annual events, and they run the gambit in regards to all of those ings that we were just talking about. <laughs> So, you know, we actually, generally, we start our year with a half marathon down the color, along the Colorado River. Oh, nice. And then we move into a huge event with the Jeep Safari. And the annual Jeep Safari lasts about, a, it's about nine days, and it starts on a Saturday, ends on Easter Sunday, and is just a, a large event around outdoor jeeping, four-wheel driving, all guided trails, that sort of thing. So it's really a fun event, and it's very busy that week. And then we move into a car show in the following month. And then we we also have um, we have a music festival, we have an arts festival, we have a folk festival, we have um, a plain air festival, which is growing exponentially with each new event that happens each year. And then we have numerous other half marathons. We have we have one that's kind of fun. It's called the Selma Louise, and it's for <laughs> women only. And so and it's really kind of a fun. This will be the second annual, and last year it was a major hit. So we're oh, looking wow. forward to that. And we should note we, that Thelma and Louise was filmed partly there in Moab, that's correct? That's right, yep. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because that movie, they say that they went off in the Grand Canyon. And we'll let people believe that that wasn't, <laughs> but it was actually shot right here off of Fossil Point. So There you go. Um, yeah. So then we, we have a rodeo. We have um, a number of road cycling events. We have the Skinny Tire Festival. We have a number of other, like, relay races. We have trail races, trail runs. We have photography symposiums annually. We have a rock and gem show annually. It goes um, on and on. You could be in Moab all, 24-7 all, all year long right, and keep yourself right, and busy. All, yeah. And all summer long we have, like, the second Saturday of every month, we have this cool little art walk down in our galleries downtown oh, nice. and around town. So that's kind of fun. So there's so much to do. Discover Moab has a ton of information on there about where you can book some of these excursions, uh, information on outdoor activities, information on the national parks, and we'll put that information on our hot sheet for this week's show. Marion, thank cool. you so much for joining us and for giving us so much great information about Moab. You bet. Hey, I wanted to tell you just one other thing as well. Since you guys have been here, I think this is open since the last time you were here. We have a new zip line. In oh, Moab nice. as well, that is that, that combines jeeping, hiking, zip lining, all over uh, above the Slick Rock Bike Trail, where you oh, have wow. the LaSalle Mountains and arches and stuff. So something for you to check out. It's going to go up on our website. It'll be new on under our guides and outfitters, but it is there and it is new this year, this season. 
Great. So, All those yeah. adrenaline things will keep you going. <laughs> oh, it's fun. It's a, it's a kick. Well, it's you've been kick. listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We'll be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. That was a great interview, and I'm still the inner, the inner outer. It's starting to develop. We talked about some of the great outdoor options. There's still options. It's they go on. A full menu. <laughs> really a full, a full buffet. That's right. Not just an A option or two. I mean, it's that's that's selling. It's short, hon. And the one thing I really want to emphasize, again, is you don't have to be somebody that packs a backpack and hikes 20 miles somewhere to just see incredible, incredible beauty. What he's trying to say is you don't have to be not like me. <laughs> <laughs> we did hikes with just a mile with the the mini me's yeah and saw these beautiful places like park avenue in arches you can hike a mile to get to delicate arch you can there's just all these easy hikes now if you want to go canyoneering and all those sorts of things all kinds of options and all kinds of outfitters to help you do that and the mesa arch that's not very far either no yeah, over, over in canyon lands yeah. i was going to say one other thing and it just struck me because the first time that I drove into Arches, I couldn't believe just even driving that first curve where you go around how beautiful Arches is. And even if you just have a disdain for hiking or anything else, you can even drive through some of these places and see such amazing, spectacular scenery. Let's say you had just bought a new pair of $500 shoes. Yes. I don't know the brands. I know you do. <laughs> and you said, Jimmy Choo Choo. Or <laughs> and you, you decided, I, I don't want to get any dust whatsoever on them, mm-hmm. but I want to see beautiful outdoor scenery. Mm-hmm. You could do it driving through arches or canyon lines. That's true. Amen, brother. But I would bet. No, you, you do. Got there, you, you get enticed. I mean, I was kind of like, Once you got there, yeah. you've got to go do it. Yeah. And, and and honestly... Even you. I know. Even... <laughs> This is, this is the thing. He he thought he was going to have to talk me into all this stuff. And honestly, I thought he was going to have to talk me into stuff. And then I got there and I was kind of like, wow, this is really gorgeous. This is really beautiful. And then I thought, okay, I can do that hike or I can do this. And every time I did something, I thought, okay, I you know, this is amazing. And again, as we talked about in the interview, there's hiking, amazing mountain biking. Uh, of course, this, the mecca of mountain biking. You have to get on the river while you're down here. We've got all sorts of things to do on the river. There's rafting. And then you can also jet boat on the river. You can pretty much do anything. You've probably seen photos of all these arches and at sunrise and sunset. And there's actually a place called Moab Photo Tours where they'll oh, yeah, take you yeah. out. They'll take you out at whatever hour is the perfect hour for getting that shot and get it to you. We'll have contact info for all the places we're talking about and talking with on our website. You just go there, click on the hot sheet. And what I think what's cool about that is anyone who takes photos, and I'm like an amateur when it comes to photos, but, you know, he was explaining to us that, you know, he knows all the areas to go to and what time to go and all that. And that's, honestly, I need someone like that anytime we travel just to just to get me to the right place at the right time because we're so busy when we're traveling, we don't have time to take amazing pictures. And so that's just, I thought that was a really fun thing for people that want to go out there and get that perfect shot. So we talked about how, yeah, you can just drive around or do these easy hikes, but let's say you want to get down in these canyons. There's all these little slot canyons outside the national parks. There's all kinds of state parks and BLM lands around there. A lot of really gorgeous places. And we went to a couple of them with Moab Cliffs and Canyons and an old friend named Brett Satir, who we've got an interview coming up with. Kathleen's going to try to get some sort of osmosis through the airwaves, reflecting the light from James Franco yes. will reflect onto Brett and through, what I heard, through the microphone to us. Because what I heard is that Brett did the rigging for 127 hours with James Franco, so I'm excited to ask him about that. And not only that, but I trusted Brett with our mini-me. That's true. <laughs> and we came back alive. 140 feet later. <laughs> We'll talk more about that coming up. Stay tuned. You are listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. Follow us on Facebook or check out our website, TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back. 
You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host Jeff Griffin. We've been talking about this beautiful red rock and all these great things here in our Moab show. And Jeff became a daredevil. That's right. I tried some canyoneering. It was really fun. We're going to talk about that here. We've also been talking about how all these movie companies have used Moab and the surrounding area to make movies, find really cool places to shoot. Directors like Danny Boyle, actors like James Franco, when they made 127 hours and they needed to find the best locations, they needed to find somebody who knew every little nook and cranny of this area. (laughs) Well, yeah, I I figured that would get you interested. (laughs) But anyway, they they needed to find somebody who really knew their way around this area. They picked out Brett Satir of Moab Cliffs and Canyons. And guess what? What? We've got him, too. Welcome, Brett. (laughs) Thanks, you guys. Brett, did you get to work with James? I I'm did. I was, uh, <laughs> I was I was in charge of uh, being, uh, you know, the supervisor for all the safety that occurred once we got out into uh, to Blue John Canyon, and so I had to make sure that uh, I'm actually really relieved she, she took she good care be, of him. She would be really upset <laughs> if you let James get hurt. Okay, so before we even get into it, I'm just going to say, if Brett can take care of James Franco, he can take care of you. There you go. <laughs> so. <laughs> As we mentioned, Brett runs Moab Cliffs and Canyons. They can take you, as the name implies, out to any cliffs or to any canyons around the Moab area and help you explore them. And, Brett, what are some of the most popular things that people look for when they come to you guys? Well, rock climbing, you know, that was kind of uh, one of the early things after uh, river rafting and mountain biking became popular is, is rock climbing kind of came in to its own in kind of the late 80s and early 90s. And it wasn't until about 2000 or so that, uh, you know, climbing kind of matured across the country and everybody had climbing gyms. And then uh, what followed that was just kind of the natural exploration of of, uh, of the canyons out here that uh, using the same kind of climbing techniques, rappelling and that sort of thing that we kind of integrated into uh, kind of a new new and more, uh, let's say, approachable sport. For Is it one of those things where, like, you've done the river every way you can and then you've mountain biked every hill and you're like hey let's go cl-. I like it like these people that are so adventurous they just keep you know finding new and adventurous ways to do things by the way Brett took Jeff and our daughter out and she thinks she's a rock star now that she can go down like a 140 foot cliff <laughs> well that's the great thing is that uh, you know it is like the canyoneering is I think definitely more approachable to most folks and it does build a lot of confidence going out there and uh, hanging the backside off of a big cliff and uh, <laughs> being responsible for your own safety. You know, I mean, of course, we're there to back up uh, all the safety procedures and, and to show you what to do. But ultimately, you know, it's, it's your own um, backside that uh, that you're going to be responsible for. And so it, it does it does build the confidence and that takes you to some kind of remote and obscure places, which is also uh, kind of nice now that Moab's got more popular. Yeah, I, w- I had never done this before, but it was really a fun experience. And number one, going down is a lot funner than having to climb up. Well, actually, you but, know what I think, Brett? I think Brett should explain what canyoneering is to, I mean, right. there's some people that know the word rock climbing or they, you know, but what's the combo package there with canyoneering? What does that entail? Well, it's, uh, you know, kind of as it uh, is denoted there, um, it's just exploration of canyons. Um, usually canyoneering means using technical equipment to descend um, some of the more difficult challenges. And so oftentimes we'll just start above a canyon system and descend down those series of, you know, drops and whatnot using ropes and equipment and whatnot, or we'll ascend maybe the rim of a canyon to get to the top in order to get down into the depths of the canyon. And so, uh, so it's, uh, exploration, but it can use uh, technical equipment of climbing, of course, but also, you know, there's water, uh, waterfalls, um, negotiating pools of cold water and very narrow, deep canyons and, and almost near darkness. And so kind of anything in there pretty much is uh, is included in the whole canyoneering and where are the more popular places around Moab to do canyoneering? Or yeah, there's. I mean, Zion's a great place as well. Um, so between southwestern Utah and southeastern Utah, not to mention you know the middle part of the state too, down in 
uh, Escalante area, there's just, you know, there's literally thousands of canyons out there. And, uh, you know, each year there's more and more kind of being unearthed by, you know, kind of a hardcore group of explorers out there that are just uh, kind of relentless trying to find all the cool spots, which there's a lot of cool spots to explore out there for sure. Yeah, the one we did was uh, Morning Glory Land Bridge. And like you were saying, it was really first sort of like, yeah, lean back against the rope and start your way down there is a really unnatural feeling. I guess that's the way to describe it, for me at least. And then, But once you get going and you've gone down, you feel like you've really accomplished something. Is that kind of what's addicting to people is, is once they've tried it, they want to get that same feeling over and over again? Like a yeah. good drug. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's definitely, like, the, the adrenaline aspect of it, but there's kind of a deeper uh, experience, I think, a play that, you know, it's it's kind of, you know, it's exploring. It's basically, you know, going to places where, you know, the water, of course, has, you know, fluted out these amazing corridors, and you just never know what you might experience at the bottom of some deep, uh, you know, twisted canyon. And so, you know, seeking that out. But also, I think... The whole thing of everybody that's participating in it has a certain challenge with the heights or the physical nature of it. And so I think that there's a certain camaraderie that, that occurs in this that, uh, that kind of levels the playing field. So everybody's got, you know, at least when they're coming on to one of, uh, to one of our trips, I mean, most folks are approaching it with not a lot of experience. And so the apprehension is kind of shared throughout the group. And that was so definitely the case with us. Yeah. It's been nice knowing the, you, you know. <laughs> and by the time it's over with, everybody's, yeah. you know, have has, has had some sort of, you know, revelatory moment or some sort of breakthrough. And, and like, a, like, like we talked about before, you know, that confidence of, of doing something that you might have been severely apprehensive about or, you know, kind of apprehensive. You still come away with the experience of really overcoming something within yourself. Well, we have this joke, you know, Jeff had a hard enough time passing his wilderness badge with Boy Scouts, and so you've done it. You've done well. Done well, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we talked earlier about mountain biking was one of the things that kind of put Moab on the map, and we know you were kind of one of the part of the first generation that arrived there at the time when that was really taking off. What kind of role does that still play? Do people still see it as a great mountain biking destination? Uh, yeah, we are kind of blessed with, uh, you know, with a, with a group of individuals that have, you know, kind of, uh, you know, worked within the county and with the, uh, you know, the federal government agencies here to, uh, continue kind of a, a trail building goal set, I guess, to, uh, you know, kind of keep Moab at the forefront of mountain biking. And so these guys have done an amazing job of continuing to build new trails. Um, besides the reputation that Moab's always had as being kind of a rugged mountain biking town, you know, these guys have built, you know, more moderate to easy trails for other, for, you know, for those first timers or the folks that don't have that much experience. But they also continue to build, uh, you know, much more difficult trails. And so I think Moab is still maybe at the forefront of mountain biking, even though so many other places have tried to kind of move into that, you know, that top spot. Uh, with these folks building those trails, we're still, I think, way ahead of, of most towns and most areas in the U.S. as far as mountain biking goes. Well, Brett, we're coming to a close of our interview, but I wanted to say, you know, there's so many people that are trying Moab out for the first time, and since you know it, front and back, up and down, literally, <laughs> what would be your first, your, your top three attractions that you would share with a first-timer coming to Moab? You know, the Canyering is definitely at the top of my list. Uh, <laughs> it is a great way to experience things, and it's a little bit slower of a trip, and so you do learn a little bit more about natural history stuff and geology, the flora and whatnot, which is a great way to kind of take that information into your other activities. And if you haven't done mountain biking, for sure, uh, you know, do at least one of the more moderate new trails that we've got established. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, of course, the rafting. I mean, there's still, you know, Westwater Canyon is an amazing one-day or two-day trip. Cataract Canyon is a multi-day trip. And, uh, and just the Moab Daily is for uh, is great for, for families, and it's just kind of an awesome float trip. Yeah, and we would definitely recommend starting off with the canyoneering and contact Moab Cliffs and Canyons. We'll have their contact information on our hot sheet if you go to our website, travelbrigade.com. 
click on the show, you'll see the hot sheet there, and we'll have contact information for all of our guests today. Thank you so much for joining us, Brett. Hey, thank you. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. Check out our website, TravelBrigade.com. You can also like us on Facebook. We'll be right back. You're going to get a little hungry when you're traveling the globe. Whether it be fine dining, a regional specialty, or a small local street cart, you gotta eat. Next up, you gotta eat. Mmm, good. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We're doing our Moab show today. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. Now, Moab, we've been telling you about all these beautiful places you can go see around mm-hmm. here. So much to see and yes. do that if they just kind of put up a couple of fast food chains on Main Street and said, right. okay, we're good. You'd be happy. You'd a still couple come. burgers, yeah, McDonald's. You'd still come. <laughs> but here's the thing. They didn't do that. They've got all these cool places to eat. We're going to tell you about a few of the ones that we hit, and boy, did we and get around. And not that we're <laughs> against, you know, we've stopped at a fast food oh, place yeah. here and there, but... When we travel, one of the things we like to do is we like to find places that are unique to that destination, whether they're literally a street cart, a really nice restaurant. Um, so one of our first places, we actually, everyone, when we mentioned Moab, they mentioned the first two places we're going to talk about. One of our favorites was Milt's Stop and Eat. And you do stop and eat. You do. It's delicious. You can't tear yourself away. <laughs> and it's your classic drive-in, small town drive-in. That's literally like a, a 10 by 10 right. place. And then places to eat outdoors and Outdoors, everything. yeah, a couple stools. <laughs> and, you know, burgers, fries. Buffalo burgers. Yes. All, you, they make the patty right there when you're, when you're watching them. Right. And same Cutting with the fries, the fries yep. all that. And whatever you do, get something with chili on it. Yeah. It's, because they've got this very unique chili that's got pieces of barbecue beef in it uh-huh. that gives it kind of that smoky barbecue flavor. And we couldn't decide what to get with the chili, so we got the chili fries and you got the chili burger. Yeah. And then there's chili tots. Yeah. And there's chili. I think and, the only thing that didn't have the chili was the delicious milkshakes. Yeah. So everything, I mean, you see people, I mean... How many times do you find places where they're like pulling lettuce off the leaf to put it on the burger or cutting the tomatoes, cutting the, you know, everything's super fresh. They hand dip, uh, make the milkshakes really good. Great little place. And cheap. Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. Like the really, yeah, good price. Okay, Moab Diner is right on the main drag there. Can't miss it. Always. Full always. I think because of the sweet water skillet. (laughs) Now With extra bacon. (laughs) <laughs> now, basically, I sat down and started eating this, and I was thinking, why didn't I come up with this? Yeah. They basically take everything you like for breakfast, put it in a skillet, and mix it up. And they're really famous. Everything, they've got a lot of things with the green chili. Everyone loves the green chili there. Yeah, there's a green chili sauce you can put on pretty much anything. And the portion's not shy. Yes, no. I mean, <laughs> and yeah, if you're going to go biking for the day and you want to be super healthy, they even have those options. <laughs> right. But I would say, you know, you can come for a great, really big breakfast or starving after being outdoors. They've got everything all day long. I've actually, we've been there a couple of times. We went the first time and then we came back and we took people to it. And we were just like, you've got to try this place. Again, great portions, good food, always busy and a great price. Yes, definitely. Another and that's big, on the main, oh, I don't know if we said that, but that's just right on the main drag there right. on downtown Moab. Another place right on the main drag for breakfast, Red Rock Bakery. Make sure you get the bagels with their special veggie cream cheese, which is really delicious. They've also got great cinnamon rolls. Well, what, and, of course, coffee. It's, you know, exactly. if you want your but what's espresso special about all this place is they make the bagels there. I mean, in a little, t- again, we're not talking about New York City or L.A. here. <laughs> They're making the bagels there, and they actually make their own veggie cream cheese. That's like their own. They chop the vegetables, make their own homemade veggie cream cheese. And then these cinnamon rolls that they make, they actually have this big sort of revolving hot pizza, you know, where slices of pizza are going around in circles. That's where they put their big cinnamon rolls. Delicious. And if you're a gourmet coffee kind of person, you need your latte, your espresso, whatever it is. I just need coffee. Great. I don't it's, care what kind of it is. Well, for, anyway, these guys have all, all those options. Just give it to me. And for lunch, we met our friend Brett for lunch that we just were talking to. And he picked Pasta Jay's. We hadn't heard of it. Went to it downtown. It was a really good place. Get the gnocchi. Get the gnocchi. Gnocchi. Do you love my Italian accent? With um, the pesto cream sauce. Yeah, with the it's pesto delicioso. cream sauce. It's delicioso. They've got a lot of different combinations you can do. I'd recommend that one. And I'm going to say, for a girl who used to live in New York City, 
that's some good pasta there. Right. I'm a pasta kind of snobberito, but I would say it's it's really good. We tried a couple things. Gark bread was good. But I, I love their gnocchi, and that pesto cream sauce was delicious. Very good. In the evening, we stopped by Blue Pig, number one, because they had live music. They were so nice. They invited us to come over for dinner. And number two, because they had great barbecue. And this is the number three reason. They have something on the menu called the Big Nasty. <laughs> What is that? You remember I, I me. That was your, I thought that was your nickname for hey, me. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> All right. Well, it's actually kind of a we, not Western, that's the wrong word, Southern version of chili cheese fries, but it's fries with baked beans, bacon, and pulled pork, and sour cream, and et cetera, et cetera. But a little twist on it, delicious, and Jeff also really liked one of the sides. Yeah, it was the hash brown casserole. I found that wherever you put hash browns, I will enjoy them, <laughs> and this was no exception. And some good old fried okra. They got lots of good stuff. And there was live music when we were there playing, so there's live music, a little bit of action there in the town. You can get tri-tip, pulled pork, ribs, anything you want there at the Blue Pig. And then you want some beers. And Moab even has their own brewery. That's true, Moab Brewery right downtown. Stop by, get one there, get some to take home. That's right. And... If you're a non-drinker, they also make their own root beer. And their own gelato. Yes. They do make their own gelato, which is kind of funny. Again, you have to look at the ratio of of how big this town is. They're making their own gelato. And I'm just going to say, I have a small fetish. We all have them. Kind of like one of those little things in love with the cherry chip cake. It's like a boxed piece of something (laughs) that you could buy at the grocery store. But here, Moab Brewery made, yes. Cherry chip cake gelato. I thought I had died and gone to heaven. Is this heaven? <laughs> no, it's Moab. But they also right. do some really great, uh, r- like root beer gelato, all sorts of different flavors. But that was just really great. They told me they made it when I when I bought it. They said, "Oh, we make this with cherry chip batter," and I was already immediately sold. It was delicious. So not only does Moab have its own brewery, but, yes, but this little town out by these national parks, out away from everything has its own winery. That's right. It's called Castle Creek Winery. That's right. The first time we went out there, um, we were told there was a winery out there. We were invited to come out and do some tasting. So we drove out there to the winery. It's about 20 minutes out of town. And we pull up, and there is this amazing resort. As soon as I saw it, you've got the Colorado River. You've got private cabins there. So we did some wine tasting. And all I could think about is I want to come back and stay at this place. It is such a beautiful place that the owner who we got to interview and have an interview coming up with, Colin Fryer, when he first saw it, he knew that he had to build this beautiful resort there. He was nice enough to host us out there and tell us this amazing story about how he found this place and then built it up. So coming up, we have an interview with Redcliffe Lodge. You are listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Make sure that you follow us at Travel Brigade on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and check out our website, TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. These beautiful red rocks, we've been talking about them this whole show. They're amazing. Yeah, it's almost like it's not fair here in Moab because, okay, they've got these beautiful rock formations in the arches. Millions of people would come to see those. But then on top of that, they've got these incredible canyons over at Canyonland, your views from the island in the sky. People would come to see those. And but then on top of that, the Colorado you've River. got this incredible Colorado River. Exactly. And if you want to stay right on it, eat your meals right next to it, you can do it at Red Cliffs Lodge. Here to tell us more about it is Colin Fryer, the owner of Red Cliffs Lodge. Welcome, Colin. Hey, you guys. It's great to be on your show. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you. You know, the first thing we have to talk about at Red Cliffs is the location. Tell us about this location and why it's so spectacular. Probably more of your guests have been to the Grand Canyon than have been to Moab, but I'll just say if you can imagine a ranch at the bottom of the Grand Canyon, that's what Red Cliffs Lodge There you is go. Like. Uh, we're surrounded by these 2,000-foot uh, canyon walls. 
uh, redstone and, of course, cedar trees and all that spectacular stuff that goes with the canyon. And then, as the movie said, the river runs through it. The Colorado <laughs> River runs right through uh, the ranch property, and the lodge sits um, kind of on a, a rocky knoll just looking right down at the river a couple hundred feet away. And you were telling us that there's just very few properties even along the Colorado River. Yeah, it's really something to consider as big as our west is. There's a property up near Grand Junction that's on the river, and then you have to go all the way to Phantom Ranch in the middle of the Grand Canyon. That's a distance I'm just going to estimate of probably 250, 300 miles, and there's only three uh, commercial locations that you can stay on the river within that 300 miles, and we like to think we're the, the best, the most diverse, <laughs> certainly have the best view of any of them. Every single suite is either on the river or the creek, the sound of water, no matter where you're at. And the restaurant sitting right overlooking a bend in the river. Yeah, so the the idea when I found this place and was able to convert it from an old ranch to my dream um, was the very first thing I decided was that where the restaurant was or where the restaurant was going to be situated was the most important part. And so I built the lodge in the most prime view area and situated the restaurant. So you're looking right up the river, right at the world famous uh, Fisher Towers that have been featured in a lot of commercials. I would have been perfectly fine just sitting on the deck outside our cabin, watching the river roll by, and then walking up to the restaurant, watching the river roll by while I sit out on the deck eating. But you guys have all this other stuff we can do there. Well, our our byline is that we're uh, Moab's adventure headquarters. And so, <laughs> That's true. Uh, you know, if you think about that, there was so much to do in this area, and you do it all in this scenic background. But we feature horseback riding, of course. We're a, we're a working ranch. We're cowboys, and we absolutely have the best horses of any trail ride that I've ever been around, and we have some of the most spectacular scenery to ride those horses in. In fact, you ride horses in the same scenery that uh, – John Wayne made his famous movies in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. And uh, so I think at, that gives you an idea. If, if John Wayne and John Ford thought it was good enough to make their classic <laughs> westerns, then it's a pretty special place to it ride It is a going up through that whole, is it that Castle Creek area? Is that what you call that when you go up through that area? It just seems so untouched still. Yeah. Well, it is untouched because we control the, the access to that canyon. And so our guests are able when they when they uh, enter the canyon on our horses they're not going to see another soul it it's very tranquil it's very unique and then there's a big payoff when you get to the top of the trail it opens up into this big magnificent view and you can see castle rock uh, looking over Castle Valley, and then, of course, the, the spectacular LaSalle Mountains in the background. It is pretty spectacular, and one of the fun things is we actually got to take the horses in the creeks and ride them down there for a while, and that was, that was a really fun experience. You know, you had told us about growing up and going to these great lodges and all these great national parks and how you wanted Moab to have a similar experience. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, great. I'm glad you asked that question because that's kind of that was the seed that was was growing inside me that was able to, to grow to fruition in Moab. I, as a young man, I loved to travel, and I always loved the national parks, you know, the Yellowstones and, uh, you know, the Old Faithful Lodges, and the, the lodges in the Grand Canyon were, were some of my favorites. As I travel, there's a certain feeling about these old, majestic, kind of uh, unique, one-of-a-kind lodges. And when I got to Moab, I found out that the... Uh, Park Service had changed their idea about how to operate in these newer parks, and they weren't allowing any development inside in the way uh -huh. of the lot. And so when I found this ranch with this location surrounded by these cliffs with the river running through it, I knew that this is the place I could build a set of buildings uh, using my inspiration from these other great lodges and create a unique lodge-type experience for people that want that sort of thing. It feels so rustic for us. City folk. I was actually I, <laughs> I lived in L.A. I lived in New York. It really it just feels like you're millions of miles away being there. And speaking of the ranch, tell us a little bit about some of the things that you found on the ranch when you bought the property, making yourself a movie museum. Yeah, well, there's there was when you buy an old ranch like this, there's some pluses and some negatives for sure. 
but the big one of the big pluses was that this ranch had been the site of a of a lot of movies over the years. Again, starting with John Wayne in the late '40s and continuing up to the present. We just had uh, the Lone Ranger uh, filming around here last summer, and that's going to be coming out pretty soon. But I found out that a collection of movie memorabilia that they'd been saving all these years, but they'd never had a place or funded a place to display it. So uh, I made a deal with them, and they get let me be the custodian of this memorabilia and I put it in a museum in the lodge and it's free for the public to come and see and I pay homage to the old westerns right up to the newer movies that have been filmed and also to the cowboy pioneer way of life that settled this area. Well and I think it's surprising too you know I went down to the museum and obviously I knew some films had been shot there but every time we kind of turned a corner we're like oh that was shot here Indiana Jones, Thelma and Louise. I mean it just keeps going on and on you're like oh I didn't know that I didn't know that and it's really quite fun and entertaining for people of all ages. Yeah, everybody can see something here that they, they've seen growing up or something that there's going to be seen right now because they're filming in our area every summer. Um, you know, lots of commercials, of course. It's kind of kind of out of style now, but the Marlboro Man originated right here. <laughs> and, and they don't do any of that kind of commercial work anymore. But They'll, they'll do that with know. electronic cigarettes now instead yeah. of... <laughs> but, you know, we still get most of the... We had Jeep here uh, a couple weeks ago. They were doing a, a commercial for their new Jeep that's coming out, and we get everything from the motor cars to the, you know, the different kinds of beverages, you know, the Cokes and the Pepsis of the world, and then <laughs> every once in a while somebody will come along with some big, tall, beautiful models and want to do some fashion photography. <laughs> you know, one thing that really surprised me, among many things that really surprised me when we came there, was coming along inside, and there's these sort of little vineyard areas. And I'm thinking, did we mistakenly drive into Napa Valley? But you guys actually have a winery there. And for people who are not from Utah, <laughs> to have a winery in Utah that where you can do wine tastings, where you can see the wine made and everything like that is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's a it's a unique little addition to our lodge. And I didn't have that as part of my original plan, but... When I got here, I found out that there there had been some uh, test plantings of grapes, and there had been some people, um, you know, getting in the business. And it's a whole other long story by itself because it's so unique. But to make a longer story short, I decided to get into that business. Uh, we're growing grapes here. We've become Utah's largest uh, commercial winery, uh, grown from about uh, 2,000 gallons to close to 20,000 gallons in 10 years, and we make. You know, we make a, a really good Chardonnay, award-winning Chardonnay. We make Merlot. We make Cabernet. And then we buy a lot of grapes from the Grand Junction area, and so each year we have a little bit uh, different, oh, you might say, lineup. But we've come up with a, our Meritage, and we call it Outlaw Red, and it's a cowboy wine. And so people always think that's pretty unique, cowboys making wine in the desert. And, uh, <laughs> no, it isn't. All those wines, not only can you go to the tasting room, but there at the restaurant, you can ha you know, all the wines are available there for sale. There's so much to do there at Red Cliff. Yeah, we should mention that it's the Castle Creek Winery. Yes. And we'll have information about that on our on our website if you go there and click on the hot sheet as well as, you know, contact information for Red Cliff's Lodge. Thank you so much for being with us today. Okay, you guys, it's been a lot of fun. I could talk for days about it. You can tell I'm enthused about what we're doing down here in Moab, and we'd like to invite everybody to come and see us. And until we do, happy trails. Yes, thank you so much. You've been listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Make sure that you check us out on Twitter, at Travel Brigade, or follow us on Facebook, or check out our website, TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back. They don't always agree, but they always seem to have their reasons. Next up, Travel Brigade's countdown of their favorites from this week's show on He Said, She Said. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is our Red Rock show we're doing with Kathleen Curry here. And Jeff Griffin. There are a lot of different options for accommodations in Moab. You can go everything from national chain budget hotels along the main drag. And actually, I was going to mention a couple of those are really nice. There's a Best Western called the Canyon Lands Inn. Actually, it's next to Pasta Jays, and we were at Pasta Jays, and we just noticed how nice it was. There's this really nice 
balcony on the top. And we didn't stay there, but it, it really looks Really, really nice. There's also a fun place called the Gonzo Inn. Oh, yeah, very cute. Like the name implies, it sort of has that Gonzo feel to it. It's a little independent place. And then there's another place down on the main drag called Bighorn Lodge, which we've stayed there before. And if you go to Discover Moab, which is you'll find that on our website, you can also get a listing of all the accommodations as well as there's a ton of camping sites, whether you bring your own or use one of the cabins there. So you really can just get the, the gamut of where you want to stay here in Moab. So we have arrived at that place in the show where we need to talk about what our favorites are in He Said, She Said. He Said, She Said. Like it. Do I get to go first? Always. <laughs> I'm going to go with a beautiful ride that I took up Castle Creek, which is what the winery we spoke about is named after, but a really beautiful horse ride up the creek. I just felt it was just so beautiful. You were up a creek? I was up a creek. <laughs> and I went in the creek with the horse, too. <laughs> It was great. I got to pretend like I was a cowgirl for a little while, but I had a really good time. I really, really liked that. Uh, one of my favorites was being at the Cowboy Grill at either breakfast when the sun was coming up or dinner when the sun was going down and just looking out at the river, watching the light change, watching the light change on the red rocks. That's and true. It's so it's beautiful. bend in the river where you're just sitting there overlooking it. Hard to beat. And you know, we forgot to good. talk about that when we were talking about the uh, the gotta eat section. That really, I mean, talk about best location, best view. That's gotta that's gotta be it, hands down. Definitely. And speaking of dining, I'm gonna go with my number two, which is all around the Moab dining was actually excellent. From Milt stop and eat. I think the the variety and and caliber of food. The dining kind of reflects the whole vibe of the town, yeah. which is. It's not just this little place where a bunch of outdoorsy people gathered and just yeah. all they care about is the outdoors. There's people there that care about food, that care I about I thought I was going to go and just get wine. vegan food or something. And all vegan. <laughs> there's kind of just this funky, funky little vibe to the whole place. But fresh, fresh, overall very fresh and fun. Just different kinds of food. We forgot to mention, just speaking of this, there's a there's a, a quesadilla truck that's there that everyone always talks about too that's there on the main street. Just just lots of little eccentric little places to go and just, just fun. So that's my number two is just the dining in general in Moab. My number two was going canyoneering and it's one of those things where I never thought I'd do it and then mm-hmm. once I got out there I didn't think I could do it and <laughs> then I actually did it and now I can't wait to go again. And I did I questioned it too, which is why I took out life insurance on both you and the mini me. And I should have known to trust Brett. You both came home alive. You both came in thinking that you were pretty cool for doing this. Yeah, when you've descended down a one hundred foot cliff on your well not on your own, but <laughs> kind of on your own. <laughs> holding onto a rope that a guide is holding onto and making <laughs> sure you can't fall no matter how stupid you are. <laughs> but anyway, you go you're going down and it's just it's just really cool. No, it's just really an experience that I don't you know, who knows? It's just it's just one of those things really, really fun. It was fun seeing that whole thing happen. My number one, I just I love the national parks. I thought they were so beautiful and again, I can count the national parks I've been to on a few fingers. <laughs> it's not it's not an experience that I normally think of, oh, let's go to a national park. But I have gone to a few, and I just really thought Arches and Canyonlands were great. And I guess ultimately I'm going to say my number one is finding my inner outdoor girl there in Moab. The root, the root of my inner outdoor. My number one was being able to do a family hike along Park Avenue in Arches National Park. <laughs> it's just a mile. <laughs> If you listen to us for a little while, you know that we have a person in our family with some disabilities who is kind of limited in how much. That's what I laughed when you started saying that because all I could think is little mini me packed up to go like he was going on like a three day excursion with his walking stick and his water can, and it's like this little forty minute hike. It was it was hysterical. It was right. fun. <laughs> and so the point being that if if our family can do this hike, anybody That's true. can. Do- and here's the thing, though. It wasn't just, you know, like, oh, here's some trees and stuff. We were in this stunning setting with towering red rocks above us on both sides. It, it is gorgeous. You know, I, I, I'm i going to get with Discover Moab and say to them, hey, we have a great ad opportunity for you. Put a plaster our family's picture on, <laughs> on, on like, the back of the red rocks and go, if these idiots can do it, anyone can do it. It's, it's all too true. 
<laughs> Fortunately or unfortunately. It would be priceless. <laughs> well, some priceless memories made there in Arches National Park. Absolutely. Moab was a great, great, beautiful town. Time for us to fold up our tent. <laughs> okay, we didn't stay in a tent. We slept in a luxury cabin. Yeah, we didn't exactly rough it out there. And that's the other surprising thing, isn't it? You don't you don't have to rough it to go into a town like that. Yeah. Really you, fun. You there's some great places to rough it. Yes. Should that be your desire? <laughs> but you don't have to. No. Anyway, time for us to I don't know, pack up our hiking clothes, I guess. Put yeah. away our hiking boots. Say adieu. Put on the high heels. In yes. your case, not in my case. Uh-huh. Thank goodness. And click clock. And head back to the city. Yep. Where next week we'll have another great travel destination for you. That's true. In the meantime, mm-hmm. always remember that there are two stages in life. Yes, sing it, brother. You're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip. Mm-hmm. Whatever stage you're at, we hope you join us next week. That's true. Make sure in the meantime that you please follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade, like us on Facebook, and check out our website, travelbrigade.com. We'll have a hot sheet. Click hot sheet if you want to look at the episode. You can see all the people we talked about in today's show. We will see you next week. Enjoy the trip. You have been listening to Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin on Travel Brigade. Connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and at TravelBrigade.com.